0: Let's get it. Big Z Sports Pod, episode five. Just crossed Cinco de Mayo. And on the full slate of the heart of the month of May. maybe earliest Mother's Day's out there to all the moms, especially the first time mothers out there. Very special. Wife did that a couple years back with our son. Now just turned two. Getting ready to uh, increase the family size here. Uh, the countdown is on. So if you don't hear from me on a sporadic whim, you know why. So, a uh, lot to get to here today. We're talking Badger football, Wisconsin Badger football, one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite people out there in the media. Jake Kokarowski is going to be uh, popping by, is uh, going to be talking all things Badger's beat writer for the Sports Illustrated Sites, all Badgers. We'll be talking about the football team, how this COVID is going to be impacting not just this season, this team. Not just their likelihood of making the college football postseason. We'll uh, give you my thoughts on the Badgers, where they're viewed at as a uh, national team, where they rank in terms of tiers. Uh, We'll uh, we'll talk about that. But this is going to be perhaps the biggest year and two, three-year window, I think, in the modern era since Barry Alvarez took over the Wisconsin football program. For one position, one player in particular, the Badgers have to nail it. Uh, we'll segue to that in a moment. But hey, how's it going? We talked last time. What are you doing during the quarantine? Staying busy? You breaking? Uh, you baking bread? Are you uh, on the Twitter beefs? I've uh, I've kind of stepped away from the Twitter beef. That was a that was kind of a one off there. I thought that was something that was going to stick, but I found my new uh, my new craze. My new craze, and it's fascinating but terrifying at the same time. We're all dealing through this coronavirus, but now we have to worry about meat shortages. Meat prices are going to be skyrocketing. Gas has been cheap, which has been nice. Not that we can go anywhere, but the murder hornet. Something else to be fearful of. The murder hornet is real. And if you had to draw a sketch, if you had a cartoon character, if you had a murder hornet character in a movie I don't think it could be drawn up or made up any more perfect to describe the name to what it actually looks like than the murder hornet. It's exactly what it is. Terrifying. Yet I keep finding myself Googling, researching, reading, watching videos, and the uh, death-defying feats this murder hornet can do. And then yet I found a video earlier today on uh, how a a a hive, a beehive, yeah, that's what I'm looking for here, a beehive killed a murder hornet. They had a sacrificial uh, bee, and that was all the signal they needed is this hornet went inside a hive and the bee suffocated them. Now, it was a slow, you didn't really see it all unfold, but suffocating a hornet. Who knew that their temperature rises a few degrees, uh, they get suffocated like that. So the murder hornet is real, folks, and uh, watch out. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come anywhere near as you, but uh, just keep that in mind. Murder hornet just looks like a murder hornet. The, the name is perfect to describe what it exactly is. So that's the new craze this week. We're on uh, the Murder Hornet uh, craze, trying to learn more about it, just watching videos and and trying to figure exactly out where it came from and what exactly it is. But the Murder Hornet uh, is going to be a cartoon and a movie coming to a theater near you once this uh, coronavirus pandemic uh, abruptly comes to an end here, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, Love my meats, my red meats, love the chickens, love the pork, big meat guy. Uh, on the grill, and uh, we don't need a shortage of anything like that. So, hopefully everybody's staying safe out there. Again, Episode 5 of the podcast. Um, the Last Dance, my thoughts after the last couple of episodes. Uh, neglected it because of the NFL draft on the, on the last pod about Episodes 3 and 4. But just uh, initial thoughts here. It's amazing to me, and we saw it play out here on the last couple of episodes of The Last Dance. How one one play... One game, one two-minute stretch, one shot, one make, one miss, changes everything. Yeah, you hear that a lot, but it changes everything. The Bulls, go back to the last stance here. Just imagine, the Bulls are in a 2-2 series going for a three-peat. Their first three-peat, the New York Knicks. What if, I still don't know how it didn't go in, but what if Charles Smith... Makes one of those three, four, five, six, seven, eight attempts that he had at the basket in the closing moments of game five, that Eastern Conference finals uh, with the Bulls. What if he makes one of those shots, puts the Knicks up a point with less than a few seconds to play? The Bulls don't go uh, Jordan over Elo part two. What if one of those goes in? The Knicks go up three games to two, potentially close it out game six. Maybe they win it and get thrilling game seven, or maybe the Bulls even come back and win. Who knows? Obviously, we'll, we'll never know. But what if, what if the Knicks win that game, go on to win that series? Are we looking at the end of the Bulls dynasty? Does Jordan even retire the first time? What happens? Do the Knicks go on a run like the bad boy Pistons did? Do they, do they take over the NBA in the Eastern Conference for the next two, three, four years? Until maybe Shaq comes along? What if? And there's a million different scenarios that could play out. What if? Well, Badger football on. What if Russell Wilson gets that spike down in time of the Rose Bowl? Does Brett Bielema end up leaving? Do the Badgers get more big recruits coming at that quarterback position? Do the Badgers are they looked at differently? Probably not. What if one play, one game? What if Jordan in the or excuse me, LeBron and the Cavs? What if game seven, they beat the Spurs? What if? They win three in a row in Miami. Does LeBron go back to Cleveland? I still think he does. But what if they what if they win that game seven over San Antonio for back to back to back NBA titles? How is the Heatles? How are the Heatles looked at? How's Pat Riley looked at differently today with one more title, one more win under his belt as an owner and or coach? What if? What if that happens? So it's the biggest, the biggest word in all of sports in all the world, and it's all but two letters, I F. If that was my first takeaway from from the last couple episodes of the uh, Last Dance, uh, I grew up in '89, so a '90s kid growing up. I vaguely remember the Jordan years growing up because obviously running around the farm, running around uh, the the mean streets of uh, of Green County, Wisconsin vaguely remember the Bulls, and uh, I was more in the Kobe and obviously LeBron now in terms of growing up and witnessing and understanding the magnitude of it, but how physical the game was and how fun it was to watch. You saw the guys actually liked competing against one another. They weren't all buddy-buddy during the course of the NBA season. They weren't afraid to give you a hard foul. Uh, you miss that a little bit. You see that in football still, but yeah, I feel like you don't see that a lot in basketball and how Bad and how good these teams were. Bad is a is a good term here. Uh, the Pistons in their in the early nineties there, and then of course the Knicks and the Bulls and the Lakers and the Celtics, even the Hawks. I mean, how good these teams were, but how physical and mean they were at the same time. And finally, perhaps one of the most overlooked players in the history, not Scottie Pippen, but Charles Barkley. What game two of that that Finals in ninety in ninety three. I played as good as I, will, I could, and I still couldn't beat him in terms of Michael Jordan. What you, almost 50 points in that game. Unbelievable. And what he did in the triple overtime game. Unbelievable. I mean, I knew Charles Barkley was good. I, I've seen YouTube clips. I've watched old games. But never in that short episode or two, in terms of the focus of Charles Barkley, did you get the understanding of just how dominant of a player he was. This is the early 90s. Charles Barkley with the the winner over the Admiral David Robinson, holds the ball with five seconds left, and all of a sudden makes a sharp jet right at Robinson. David backs up. Barkley pops off the 20-foot jumper, nothing but nylon swish. That was Barkley. You forget he's a 6'4", 6'5", power forward, rebounding machine. Not the most athletic, not the most skillful, gifted guys, but the will to get it done. You forget how good Barkley was because you just think of him now on TNT talking NBA uh, cracking some jokes, the bad golf swing, and things like that. But Chuck was a baller, man. That was. I wish I was. I could go back twenty, thirty, forty years and watch those guys go through the NBA. And thankfully, for the things like the Last Dance, NBA TV you can go back and witness some of that stuff. But man, what the NBA? That was a heyday back then. So, uh, not saying the NBA is bad today, but it's so different. You couldn't play that physical nowadays, not with social media, not with. Not with the replay, the camera angles, and the mics. I don't think that would be allowed. Not just because of the the transition of the game. I mean, even football is more basketball on turf than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, obviously. Things change. Things evolve for better or for worse. We move on. We we adapt, and, and we groom, and things get eroded, and things get uh, brought in for expansion. So I don't think you could play that physical today. I just don't think it would work. Obviously, because of the society that it, that it is, and the, and the game that has become and then you go down through the youth levels and the AAUs and that sort of thing, it wouldn't work today. And and for probably for better. We we have more scoring. It, it's more spread out. You can see these guys be athletes more. You don't have to worry about getting clotheslined coming down the lane. Uh, but, man, hard foul. I mean, think about when Rodman pushed Scotty after the play. Scotty goes flying about 15 feet. That was a common foul. No technical, nothing given. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Some, you'd argue it's not basketball. It's more of an alumni uh, the guys uh, living in the past type of get-together, you could argue, uh, living back in, in my day type of grandma and grandpa type of, of basketball. But fun stuff, fun stuff. All right, let's segue. we got Jake Kokarowski coming up here in just a moment to talk Wisconsin Badger football. Uh, big year, not just for the Badgers. Their schedule, very manageable. Over-unders got them at 9.5. I could easily see with guys they have coming back. Obviously, some big replacements you need for Jonathan Taylor, went to Cephas. Uh, also uh, the likes of uh, A.J. Taylor is gone at wide receiver. Somebody else is going to have to step up in that position. Uh, you lose Tyler Piatish, Zach Bond, uh Chris Orr. So you lose some guys on both sides of the ball up front and at skill positions. But to me, not just because of the schedule, no Ohio State, no, uh, no Michigan State this year. You do get uh, Iowa-Nebraska, of course, usual suspects on the Big Ten west side. You get uh, the likes of Michigan on the Big Ten east side, maryland Throw them in there as well, Purdue and Indiana. But this is a big year, not just for Paul Chris, not just for the 2020 team, for the 2021 team, 2022. Looking at 2023, 2024, 2027, potentially. You look at a guy like Graham Mertz. Now, I know Jack Owen had a tremendous season last year. Badgers went 10 4, Uh, go to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Badgers played a heck of a heck of a season, tough schedule. Zach Cohn, 18 touchdowns, only 5 interceptions, 2,700 yards, 4 more rushing touchdowns. Looked like he had command of the team. He had the respect of the team. They played well. But to me, this is all about Graham Mertz. And whether he starts the season, he comes in, games 3, 4, 5, takes over the program. The biggest recruits at the quarterback position. In terms of out of high school, obviously, Russell Wilson, you'll, you'll beg to differ, especially after the fact, the best quarterback the Badgers probably have ever had or could ever have in the future come to the program. But this is a big year for the Badgers and a big couple-year stretch with Graham Mertz because of the potential this kid has and what this potentially could do for the bagger, Badgers program. Think about LSU, Alabama, the last 10, 15 years. Traditionally, what has the SEC... What have those two programs in particular? Now, I'll, I'll explain why I'm using these two programs. Both been run-oriented, physical, smash-mouth, rely on their defense. Now, they've been successful for longer and more successful with more talent on both sides of the ball and the skill positions that you could argue with Wisconsin. An argument I would agree with, absolutely. they are Badgers probably in that third tier of, of college football teams knocking on the door of the, the football playoff big 10 conference uh, west obviously favorites year in and year out for the most part but what are those two teams recently undergone more specifically alabama what happened they've still been they have mark ingram running back with quarterback that was a game manager jalen hurts was more of a game manager at the quarterback position greg mcelroy you go back uh, brody Coyle. Uh, we're going back even farther there LS uh, and they got wide receivers galore. Julio Jones went there, uh, of course Calvin Ridley. Yeah, you throw in guys like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, guys they have there now. Absolutely dynamite wide receivers. Defense, obviously one of the best year in year out. Nick Saban, the mastermind, but the athletes they have—they go two, three, four deep on their depth chart as well. Phenomenal. But what happened when they got Tua? What happens when they got Tua and they brought and they brought in that Lane Kiffin, and then they got uh, Steve Sarkeesian running the offense. They open things up. They realize they have quarterbacks now that they can get, recruit, that want to come there, and they can open it up where they're dynamic quarterbacks. We'll see post-tua what it looks like. LSU, same thing. The greatest game of the century, 9-6. to A field goal kickoff between LSU and Alabama. Neither side could throw the football. Joe Burrow comes in with all the skill, all the talent, all the five stars, both sides of the ball. What happens? LSU is an offensive machine you've never seen before. What does that do? One of the top recruits coming out uh, and going to be heading to college here soon chooses LSU over other dominant quarterback manufacturing schools. It's the quarterback position to open things up. You don't want a game manager in college football right now. And Graham Mertz has that potential to not necessarily transition Wisconsin to an air-it-out program, but he gives you that opportunity to go 2-3 wide receivers or throw it out of the even the I formation or the one tight end where it's a threat. You're not hoping as a Badger fan that, all right, it's 3rd and 6. We have to convert through the air now. It's that 1st and 10, that 2nd and 3 consistently picking you apart and getting those big plays down the field consistently, not once or twice a game or the one or two chances a game with uh, Scott Zilzine, Great quarterback for the Badgers. He was phenomenal for what they needed. What a guy that's going to give you the threat and the opportunity to compete more so, especially when you lack the speed overall as a team with the Ohio States and the Penn States and the Michigans and what Minnesota apparently has, has got coming in. But Graham Barts could change that perception that big-time quarterbacks can't succeed at Wisconsin, but they can and they will, and you should go there. You can become a quarterback a quarterback program You've got the offensive line. You know you're going to get that. You're able to get running backs year in and year out without a quarterback. So why wouldn't running backs continue to want to come to a place like Wisconsin, get passes thrown to them, as well as running the football for 12, 13, 14, 15, 2,000 yards like Jonathan Taylor's been able to do? Graham Mertz perhaps is that player that could change the identity of a program and open doors only once thoughts were years and years removed. Once thought unobtainable, but Graham Mertz could be, could be, that ticket into a place Wisconsin football fans have only dreamt about. So I think Graham Mertz, obviously been on the bandwagon a long time, could be that guy. Let me Tua, Joe Burrow. What were those two programs, Alabama, LSU, respectively, before they got there? Game manager at that position, Jack Cohn, eighteen touchdowns, five picks, twenty-seven hundred yards. More of a game manager. Phenomenal numbers. Phenomenal. But look at Russell Wilson. 33 touchdowns, four picks, six rushing touchdowns, 3,300 yards in one season. Is that what the future could hold? Graham hurts is the guy. If he gets the opportunity and succeeds and takes advantage of it, with some help from the coaching staff. Joining us now, beat writer for allbadgers.com, Sports Illustrated channel, co-author, Walk On This Way. A little insight to the walk-ons and the success there at the Wisconsin Badgers. All Things Bucky, Jake Kokarowski joining us here on the pod. Jake, long time no-talk sports in the COVID as a beat writer. Give us some pros and cons right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, pros, you're getting... One, thank you, by the way, for getting me, uh, for having me on and always great catching up and and talking and uh, obviously you were a big help in me learning how to talk on the radio and and doing the radio hits back in the day. So I appreciate you there. Uh, Pros, really, honestly, it's a, you're learning to become creative as a reporter in terms of not just the the short, you know, articles of of breaking news, but also just kind of learning about, other sports for me, uh, when the Olympics announced their postponement, one of my first things that I did was, you know, reach out to UW and talk to, uh, in terms of how some of their athletes who were Olympic hopefuls, um, uh, may have been affected. And I talked to a couple of track and field standouts, uh, you know, Ali Hor, and then, um. Uh, Alicia uh, Monson, uh, too. They're they're hoping for Olympic aspirations, and just they're also seniors for that matter too. So we didn't know with eligibility uh, what they would do with the spring sports uh, and what the NCAA would later hand down. So that made me, you know, it forced me to learn more about different sports, not just football or basketball. Even just talking, recruiting, getting to know some recruits better, talk to their coaches about profiles, learn about the future. So, that was some of the pros, the cons. (laughs) It's really easy. I mean, it's hard to talk about spring football and try to talk about depth chart when you don't have the spring uh, football practices to watch. Uh, We were supposed to have, I think, seven or between seven and nine, I think we had uh, for spring football that are no longer there and with wisconsin for football uh, when i talk about spring football you know they have positions that they need to fill in terms of who's going to distribute the carries for running back offensive line three starters are gone including tyler beatish who was just picked by the dallas cowboys uh you look at wide receiver who's going to step up behind kendrick Pryor and danny davis and then in defense despite all those starters Chris Orr and Zach Bond combined for 24 of the team's 51 sacks a year ago. So when it comes to trying to figure out those, and people are asking, well, who do you think? Well, we don't have communication with the coaches either. So we haven't had a chance to talk to Paul Christ since the days before Wisconsin's pro day. That was at the 9th of March. We haven't t- been able to talk to Jim Leonard or Joe Rudolph uh, in terms of even having zoom calls or whatnot yet. So uh, we don't know. And they don't, you know, in terms of the spring practice for, you know, for most programs, I think for Wisconsin for sure is that those reps in spring are developmental, but those reps depending on how you perform, set you up for what's down the line uh, in terms of fall camp. So that'll help you jockey for position in fall camp. And then fall camp, you know, obviously leads into who's going to finally get, the, you know, a starting job or a playing time at, and so on and so forth. So the whole process, uh, you know, we can't, it's hard to, you know, I don't like speculating on depth charts, especially with, for example, the interior line of Wisconsin, where we don't know who's going to be center, and I don't know if we, even in spring we would have found out who was center because someone like Kaden Lyles, who worked there last spring, was out for for you know March and April this year with with the right and left leg injury. So uh, those are just some of the things that you know good and then the bad. It's just it's hard to you know sometimes content's not great just be at, at times or you wish it was better. Uh, you should could talk a lot more with analysis, but you can't because you have not seen those live practices.
0: I'm surprised that uh, folks like yourself and whether it be national or more college or, or pro team based beat writers and the content they've been able to come up with. I think it's been fascinating. You get the, you see the creative side of, of, of writers like yourself. And instead of talking about who's going to who's going to win the quarterback race, who's going to win the center battle, who's going to be in the rotation of the defensive line. That being said, no spring practices. And potentially there's nothing the Big Ten just announcing earlier this week, uh, Monday, that uh, no OTAs, no organized activities through June 1st at the minimum. And then we'll we'll see what the COVID and the pandemic and and what the governors and the the colleges will will do from there. But that being said, I'm going to jump on the train. How does the COVID, how does the pandemic, how does the lack of communication, how does this hinder a guy like Graham Mertz, the Herald quarterback, the, the biggest recruit at that position, the quarterback position in Badgers, potentially history here. How does that hinder his chance of playing his his second year with uh, the Cardinal and White.
1: Yeah, I, I think you just look at the the reps that you're gonna get with the team. Now he may be. I think Jesse Temple from the Athletic had an article talking about how he was training uh, down, you know, in his hometown uh, in, and whatnot. But you also looked at, you know, Chase, I think he also had that same one that had comments from Mertz's, uh, I think his dad and his his quarterback coach. But then also I think Chase Wolf, the you know, who's a three star quarterback from the Cincinnati area who I think really, I think he's, yeah, I think he's an intriguing prospect that a quarterback and with his mobility, with his arm and, and how he can scramble and make plays happen. you know, I think Jesse had articles about that, those two guys and, and how they're preparing, but with spring ball, you can't take away. You know, I mean, those are live reps. It doesn't matter if you're going, you know, if you're going, you know, slow or walkthroughs or if you're just not hitting people or if you're half pack, which is shoulder pads and helmets, or if you're full go and you're hitting, those are still reps with your team and building chemistry uh, and and working through something, you know, working through things. And so it's, uh, I think this time is good for players where they can look through film still. Uh, in terms of they can look at, I you know, Grant Mertz did not have a lot of film because, except for some mop-up time last year in two games, but he, you know, you liked what you saw there, but I think it's, it's more chances for them to, you know, get into the mental side of the game potentially. But those physical reps, it, it makes, a, it could make a difference. But, you know, he started, you know, I, I, you could see back in the day or you know, even when he first came to UW, he passed the eye test in terms of, accuracy in terms of throwing the ball. I think John Budmeyer mentioned it last year at some point saying, you know, he doesn't have to think to throw the ball accurately. Uh and then, you know, on top of that, you know, I think there's some leadership qualities that you can already tell in terms of how he praises his teammates when you they're getting out the field and whatnot. So uh, you know, back to your question, I think with him, you know, I, I think it affects not just him but other players that are younger and, and working to you know, in certain particular position groups that could have really needed it. Uh, but and you know then again, other players, too, that are unproven aren't getting that same, you know, benefit of the doubt in terms of playing uh, together. So it, it's, I don't know if it hinders the chance, but I uh, definitely could have really helped them, uh, you know, in terms of. Showing off what they could do, getting that chemistry going. Uh, I mean, and like I said, the entire team's feeling it too. And depending upon what happens, you know, with, even with Jack Cohen in terms of him improving as a quarterback, he had a 70% completion percentage near that, 2,700 yards. But, you know, it's also now you're, he, he's going to be without Quintes Sivas, without Jonathan Taylor, you know, helping him out with this. So, building more rapport with Denny Davis and Kendrick Pryor uh, and those guys even f- learning new positions. I remember Paul Christ even talking about just uh, how, you know, Kendrick Pryor, you know, t- this is back on March 9th saying, if you could f- kind of fit in that role that an AJ Taylor did last year. So it, it you know, I think it affects everybody. Uh, and we'll just see when football starts up and when practices do start in, uh, and, and just, you know, it's still so unknown because we don't know if, The NCAA will allow extra practices during the summer. You know, we don't know, you know, which would be kind of make up for those spring practices. We don't know, you know, when fall camp start up or what the conditioning will be. So there's a lot of variables we don't know. So again, I mean, depending on what happens next, you know, it, I think it does affect everybody, but, you know, with, with Mertz, I think it'll still be a really interesting battle at quarterback, you know, or competition between him and Cohen and I'll even throw, I I'm high on chase Wolf. I don't know what the coaching staff has in terms of depth chart between Mertz and Wolf, but uh, I think the quarterback room is really deep with talent. Uh, we'll see what, how it plays out down the road.
0: Jake Okorowski with us here, beat writer for allbadgers.com, talking all things Wisconsin Badgers. One more on Mertz here. And in, in the way I kind of view it, this is a – because of the the hype, because of the, uh, the rating, so to speak, coming in and the type of ca- caliber athlete this guy is at the position – the Badgers haven't had this at their disposal. Obviously, we know about their offensive line translates to the NFL. Uh, just look at Travis Frederick. Now I'll go to Tyler Bionis. Both getting drafted highly by the Dallas Cowboys in the first couple of rounds. Running back has always been a premium. We're starting to see athletic and, and receivers go get a receiver types with the uh, Fest, Davis Pryor Taylor. You throw those names out there. Uh, how important is it for not just Mertz to potentially get a chance, not just necessarily this year? But if and what he does this year, potentially next year, if Cohen would graduate, obviously, and move on, and Mertz uh, in his third year would have the reins, how important do you see this working to continue to get that caliber type of quarterback coming through? You know what the run game is going to be traditionally, the, uh, the offensive line, defense, With it seems like whoever's running the defense right now is spectacular. But how important is it to nail this with Mertz to get other potential quarterbacks to not go to the Ohio State's, not even go to the Michigan's? not even to the Iowa's, but to, to get the quarterback right at Wisconsin to, to open it up, not be one dimensional.
1: Uh, I mean, with, with, when you see, I think the passing yards even last year with, with a Jack Cone, I mean, Wisconsin averaged over 200 yards passing uh, per game, which if I'm not mistaken, they hadn't done that. I have to check back, but it's been several years, I thought. So it's, you have uh, you need to have not just the the quarterback in there, but you need to have the, the receivers be on cue and whatnot. And, he you know i think with with mertz obviously everyone there's the hype there you, you saw i think the hype train uh, one of our biggest days at, when i was at bucky's fifth quarter was when graham mertz won the mvp at the all-american bowl in 2019 and everyone was just going crazy about it and jumping on the hype train and then we are like i'm looking at my manager at the time going mike uh mike fiametta, fiametta is a good friend of mine uh, i said mike man this is going to be insane you know this is just the hype train that people like I don't know if you, I felt bad because what are going to be the expectations for him there here at Wisconsin and, and, and will he he looked the part in spring where he was competing with the guys but you saw Jack Cohn just take off and assert himself as you know the quarterback during fall camp last year and I was really impressed by what Cohn did but when going back to Mertz it, it's one of those things where uh, I mean I think it's just it's good for the program to showcase a quarterback and what they can do. And in, in this offense, it's not just, obviously it's not going to be Oklahoma and what you've seen from, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and, and last year with Jalen Hurts. And, you know, those guys are all transfer quarterbacks too for that matter compared to someone developing within Paul Chris system, which is different. And so yeah, I think it is, I mean, to, to show, I think for any, I think, to have success altogether as a program, you need to have the quarterback position be, uh, you know, highly, you know, not not highly coveted, but just performing at a very high level. And so that's going to be whether it's Mertz or if it's someone like a, a Jack Cohn, Uh, they all need to perform well. And the team success will also dictate it too, where uh, obviously, you know, you could throw for 5,500 yards in a year for college or be like Joe Burrow, but if you don't have a good, uh, decent defense uh, and you're seeing that with Wisconsin where obviously they've been, you know, top 10 last year and definitely in 2017, uh, you know, you're seeing their progress with the outside linebackers uh, and maybe this goes back to your point where, you know, in the past, gosh, four years, eight linebackers have been drafted whether outside or inside uh, by, you know, for Wisconsin players on top of that. uh, You also, you know, have TJ Edwards who's an undrafted free agent. So there's nine players uh, you know, that have been drafted or they're undrafted free agents Uh, make that 10 with Chris Orr from last weekend. So it really uh, you know, I think with, with Mertz, uh, you know, to show you, you see what an offense can do with Russell Wilson. And granted, he's a -a once-in-a-generation player for Wisconsin. Uh, If other programs with how – he was pretty refined already as a, you know, quarterback out of NC State for being a multi-year starter and then comes in and then takes on a whole new level with with Paul uh, when he was the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. But I agree. I mean, I I think getting it right is – in terms of showing the success and showing that Wisconsin can be a quarterback school is big. uh, I also agree that – you know, I also think, though, too, that it's also good for the – I mean, the program – showing that it is, it is what it is, and, you know, and being successful and being a top 10 team in terms of the past five years, in terms of victories also stands out as well.
0: Yeah. And, and just to, just to kind of, and, and I bring that up for Merck's in terms of why like getting it right. Cause we saw what Russell Wilson could do and it's unfair to compare anybody to, to Russell Wilson and what he did. I mean, he exploded, exceeded expectations by far when he came to Wisconsin but they, they, weren't, uh, they weren't a complete team. I mean, they lost a couple games. I mean, Hail Mary fashion that year, I believe. And then they lost on the Rose Bowl, of course. And they couldn't get the spike down. But you take a look at Badgers. I mean, what, last week ESPN coming out and their, their pro football index or whatever they call it, that they're like the fourth best odds to make the playoff. But when you take a look at the, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, and, and the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the LSUs, and the Georgias, you don't necessarily envision Wisconsin at that level unless they get that quarterback position notched up. Uh, Jack Cohen was fantastic. I think he exceeded everybody's expectations last year. But even if you get the floor of Russell Wilson with a guy like Graham Mertz, I think Wisconsin is then elevated, maybe not to a a, a top three, four, five team, but in that six, seven, eight range in terms of the national landscape where you don't go into the the Cowboys football semifinals, one against four, Wisconsin of four, and think, oh, shoot, as a Badger fan, it's going to be 48-7 at halftime. If you got that that floor of a Russell Wilson, all right, it's going to be twenty four to twenty four to seventeen going to the the second half, going to the fourth quarter. I mean, perception. I mean, quarterback wise. I mean, perception to to take this program because I think you would agree. Right now, Wisconsin isn't at that that top three, four, five team in the country right now. Regardless of who's a quarterback this year, unless they impress.
1: Yeah, it, that, I mean, when I saw those FPI ratings, I wrote about them. I think it was like put out an article on Sunday and I always caution because everyone had a, such a big conversation about, and you know, I think, I don't know if I was swept up into it in terms of just hearing about the national talk. I didn't necessarily see it during that fall camp, but in 2018, Wisconsin came out as number four in the AP poll Yeah. and they dropped and they dropped. And the next thing you know, obviously injuries hit uh, among other things and they go eight and five uh, to finish that year. And so I think it is big, big to show have a quarterback there, and I mean they have someone like uh, you know Mertz right now. They didn't take a quarterback in terms of a scholarship uh, for the twenty nineteen was it twenty twenty class, but uh, they have someone you know twenty twenty one in Deacon Hill out of uh, Santa Barbara, California, too, who I think you know um, throws the ball really well, can can air it out has a strong arm, uh, bigger, I think about six, four ish or so. Uh, And, you know, he did really well in his junior year too, Uh, though I think he's about a three-star kid. I think he's underrated for that matter, but uh, you get that quarterback in there that can change the game and make those plays. And I, I think, you know, Mertz, you know even just after the first year, I think I mean I'm not, it's also hard for me too. I'm not trying to ramble, but it's also with like development because I thought Alex Ornybrook, Hornibrook, Hornybrook after that Orange Bowl where he threw four touchdown passes, like oh, okay, you know, he he arrived. Granted, he threw up a lot of those passes for contested throws, and those guys came down with them like Danny Davis, but uh Hornybrook didn't necessarily progress lin, linear you know on a linear scale. He, you know, it almost almost plateaued or uh or even regressed. So it's really with, with Mertz, uh, I mean, if he continues the progression and he's a student of the game uh, and, and you can tell that he, he's serious about the program and whatnot, I mean, if he develops into a quarterback that I think that he can be, this team will be s- special uh, regardless. And who they have and who they've been recruiting, like Wisconsin's recruiting overall has just taken up a, a notch over the past couple of years. And uh, even right now for their 2021 class of of. Uh, verbal commits there I think it was a 15th 14th or 15th uh for rivals in 24-7 so um but with with Mertz I mean that was a big signing and now uh we'll just see I mean that, that's the toughest thing with this you know pandemic and even not being able to see him during uh, the spring balls you can't see necessarily the improvements or whatnot or how he reacts around those players that are on the field but uh, having that caliber of a player and if he develops into the player that many think he could be Wisconsin could take a huge step towards being in the conversation of being a, a you know at least a top six team at the very least.
0: Last one for you, Jake. Uh, I appreciate you coming aboard here with uh, with the COVID, with the pandemic, lack of get-togethers here at least through June, and then we'll see what happens in terms of get-togethers if they're allowed. Maybe more get-togethers in in July, August, or or July, June, July, um, heading into uh, to fall camp here. Does this help or hurt? a team like Wisconsin where you bring back a quarterback, you kind of bring back that whole position, you got, for the most part, your offense is intact, yes, and you got a new running back, but for the most part, Badgers got a lot of guys coming back here. Does this help or hurt a team like Wisconsin compared to an Ohio State? And does maybe Wisconsin come out of the gates running a little bit better because of the lack of spring practices than maybe Ohio State who's got so many returners not coming back?
1: yeah that's a rough one where you try to figure out i mean to me, i know there are, a lot of people have touted the returner the returning players i know a s p n in that article that for the f p i article they mentioned the experience coming back. I still think that there are enough questions where obviously it would have it helps every team, but I think it really would have helped at those key positions. I mean, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen where they're going to have extended practices, or we don't know what the NCAA or the big 10 conference or, or how they'll dictate, you know, if they make, try to make up any of those practices that were lost in March and April. So we don't know that, but you know, it is one thing where Wisconsin uh, again, with the outside linebackers, you know, Noah Burks had a couple of sacks, but in seven tackles for loss last year, but, they lost their primary playmaker at that position in Zach Bond, who had 19 and a half tackles for loss. And now is it going to be Isaiah green may who started last year at South Florida, but then he was injured uh, and then didn't regain his step there. Do younger guys like Jalen Franklin, who will be a redshirt sophomore. And then Spencer Lytle, who's a redshirt freshman, who's a former four-star backer uh, according to rivals. Can those guys provide depth? at that position group and and adjust in their second, you know, in their second and third years in the program. Uh, I think with inside linebacker, they're okay. But, uh, you know, Leo Chanel is still uh, a, he's a dynamic physical freak. If you haven't noticed about him from Grantsburg, but he also is a, you know, in my opinion too, you know, he still learned the position. He may be athletic, but it's, you know, with him and next to Jack Sanborn, I think Sanborn could have a big year. Chris Orr told me that he believes Sanborn will have a big breakout year, but you know, who's next to them and how, Chanel or walk on Mike Mascalunas works out, uh, that's going to be a big storyline and getting them more acclimated and getting more big time game experience. Uh, you know, I think spring could have helped just getting them in the flow in terms of a rotation. Uh, but even just, uh, yeah, I, 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 harp on the offensive line, but I wrote in a column about it, yesterday uh, or on sunday i should say just talking about just the most exciting position to watch uh, positions to watch won't be the quarterback position but it's gonna be the offensive line uh, and my theory about it was just revolving around the fact that you know biadish started 41 consecutive games between 2017 and 2019 the center is such a critical position uh for wisconsin so who's gonna step up could it be caden miles could it be someone like a cormac sampson who got reps at center before he moved out to tight end last year um and then on top of that, the interior, or could it be Joe Tittman too, as a redshirt freshman, or or someone else uh, that I that I don't know, Blake Smith back, who's a who's a walk on, or others uh, that I don't know about, um, you know, guard positions too. Just who's going to lo- line up there? And and Logan Bruss, who is a right tackle, uh, could he switch over to the you know go back to right guard like he started at Illinois and he got some time there in spring 2019 at the guard spots. So you know then the, you know we haven't gotten to the running back spot where. Uh, will Nakia Watson take the next step forward? Will Garrett Groschick have new roles? Uh, Isaac, Isaac Grendo is one of my breakout candidates, possibly. And, you know, I think he's got a great combination of speed. If he once he learns the position more. I think he could be a dynamic back. I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor dynamic, but I think he could be a big weapon in that offense. But you also have a four-star running back in Jalen Berger that we wouldn't have even seen in the spring. And how he could have adapted, in the, how he adapts in the summer or what happens with when it comes to summer conditioning and fall camp will be a big storyline. And then there's wide receiver too, where I mentioned before, but I think there's so much with Wisconsin. Uh, there are questions there that I think it really could have helped, especially with some unproven players at wide receiver. I think offensive line in terms of unproven in terms of just consist, more consistent playing time there. And then, uh, you know, key spots on, on defense where, you know, they ratcheted up a lot of press, pressure and how they got off the field quickly.
0: Jake, appreciate you taking the time here. We'll let you back here when we, uh, we know more. Uh, thanks for taking the time and enjoy your, uh, the rest of your COVID here. Your,
1: uh, your... Yeah, we're going to try to. Uh, you know, with, uh, it's interesting being a reporter, but then also being a now, you know, full-time substitute teacher and making sure that the kids get the work done at school, So uh, <laughs> virtual school. So, um, But I uh, appreciate you having me on, Michael, man. I appreciate Thanks, man. I owe you a lot for getting me ready uh, to, to do these podcasts back in the day and, and doing the radio hits back in a while, man. You're doing great stuff.
0: That'll do it for us here on the fifth episode of the Big Z Sports Pod. Again, talking a lot of Badger football. Um, Love talking football. We're getting closer, of course. I know the Big Ten uh, recently just put out their uh, memo. Organized team activities canceled through June 1st. June 1st, not far away, folks. Just four weeks. And we'll um, hopefully be closer to some football and some other activities in the near future. Uh, That'll do it for me. We are on uh, baby number two watch. So uh, just an FYI, in case I miss you at some point. Um, well don't worry we'll be back we've got plans and uh, we're gonna continue going with this and are gonna have some more fun. uh thanks to Jake K- uh, Kokarowski. Thanks you. Uh, thank you for listening, Spotify, Google Pod, uh, Anchor, whatever the uh, platform you got us uh, tuned in here. We appreciate you doing so. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, send, uh, forward, share, whatever you got to do, the links, uh, the tweets, or just in general. Uh, thanks for doing so and continuing to do so and supporting us here on the Big Z Sports, God. Uh Stay well. Watch out for those murder hornets. And, uh, again, social distancing, it works. We'll see you next time right here, Big Z Sports Pod.